right, well, we are back in the Shape of the Circle podcast. You have Cammie and Brian, and our spouses, Melissa and Justin. Hello. Hey. So thanks for joining us. Uh, we are uh, just finished a couple weeks of toxic relationships, and we did two-part uh, toxic marriages uh, sermons. And it's so, such a heart, heartwarming, feel-good message. I know, that right, like, to kick off the year. Yeah, let's just keep going. Uh, so... Uh, we just did one, the second part of the toxic marriages, and it really is this, uh, this passage in Mark 10 where this, this Pharisee comes up to Jesus and he is trying to catch Jesus in a trap, uh, by bringing up divorce. And he says, Hey, (laughs) what do you think about this? And as far as traps and stickiness is concerned, like, I, I don't think there's anything more complicated than figuring out what is the godly response Mm-hmm. to a marriage that's asking, should I keep you, should I curb you, or set conditions for being close with you. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is one of yeah, those like that people love to <laughs> debate, right, in the Bible. they just It's so hard, yeah. so hard to know. Yeah, so, I mean, what did you guys think about it? It just feels like, uh, feel, feels like that warm topic that every marriage ought to have a conversation <laughs> on. <laughs> I just, I think it like brings back every conversation I've had with uh, another woman of like, well, what do you think about this or what's going on in their life? And they, mm-hmm. it's just that black and white. I mean, the Bible kind of sets some black and white parameters, but it's like, oh, there's just so many other situations where you're like, I, honestly, I don't know what, mm-hmm. what to even say about mm-hmm. that to them. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, how, how do you feel when like hypothetically, right? Like get yourself out of it. A friend comes to you and they're like, I'm so tired of this. This keeps happening. I gave them the chance to change. They didn't. I'm thinking about D word happens. And mm-hmm. you're sitting there as a discipler. You're like, yeah, I totally feel the same way. No, Jesus never lets you get divorced under any circumstance. Hmm. How do you respond when, when someone's bringing their troubled marriage to you and you're the disciple maker? it's always sticky right and every situation is different uh i always try to turn it back to jesus and and turn it back to uh your marriage is not mine first of all you know there are there are a lot of pieces to your marriage that i will never know about um but ultimately you know we got to bring it back to jesus we got to pray it out we got to we got to uh let let Jesus kind of capture your heart and and your what your plan or whatever it is. Like let him lead you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in all of this. Uh because it is it's so easy for us as humans to pass judgments on. Yeah, we think you should do this and we sh- think you should do this, but it's so hard to know yeah, really that, what's Yeah, the judgment portion right. of it and mm-hmm. just trying to be we are human but try to mean as loving as possible listening to them talk about it and not just shrug it off. I think that's, that's probably what they get a lot of times is people when they start talking about divorce and they, they just, people don't listen. They, they're listening to respond and not mm, listening yeah, to, to yep. decide for them or, yep, or throw their or, opinion in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And here's just what I think is even harder. You know, we'd like to get outside of opinions and get into scripture, mm-hmm. but here's just how messy the scriptures are, right? Like it's back in Deuteronomy that, uh, uh, that that Moses says, if there's anything indecent, that you you, you can hand 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 the spouse the certificate of divorce. Mm-hmm. 
and you know it's people started translating after that well is it for anything mm-hmm. or is it indecent mm-hmm. is it just for adultery or is it anything mm-hmm. and there are certain traditions that started forming back in the jewish culture of like here's you know, for it's actually written up for as anything as little as the meal was not prepared well. Uh, oh gosh! We got, <laughs> oh, that oh, we were divorced years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's actually two very established camps that the the Pharisee knows he's got Jesus boxed in. Yeah. There's the anything of the anything indecent camp, and there's the indecent of the anything indecent camp. Mm-hmm. And and so you're just walking into a mess of tradition. And so Moses gives you at least one out, adultery. Mm. Then you get to Jesus in Mark 10, and he says, well, there, there really is no reason for, for divorce. And that, mm. that makes it uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason Moses let you is because your hearts were hard. In other words, it's like casting doubt on, should that have really been in the Bible? Should Moses have mm. really given them a, a divorce option? Meanwhile, Paul, a little bit later, decides he's going to weigh on it. Um, first Corinthians seven, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he prefaces what he, so he says, um, you know, if it's an unbelieving spouse who wants to leave the believing spouse, the believing spouse can let it happen. But he prefaces all of that with the thought that for in this, on this next matter, I don't have anything from the Lord, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you what this I, my opinion. <laughs> and so again, you got this asterisk next to it of, should that really be? Yeah in the Bible, so to speak, is that the authoritative word of God when Paul mm-hmm. prefaces it that way? And then fourth, you go all the way back to Mark 10 and you're scrambling on this divorce thing. And then Jesus throws in remarriage like it's as bad as adultery and full-blown <laughs> divorce on its mm-hmm. own. And there you are as a single person who's already feeling bad that my last marriage didn't work. I thought I was going to find a second shot to do it differently. And now it looks mm-hmm. like Jesus is closing that down. Yeah. That's what our scripture says about divorce. That's a mess. And so what are we- How are we supposed to guide people through that? <laughs> and I think it, it is actually the, the, the passion and the point that Jesus has of Mark 10. Like when this Pharisee comes and wants to challenge them, stump them, fixate on divorce, mm-hmm. Jesus' response is to get, get passionate and preach marriage. Mm. The... Uh, the two are already one. Mm-hmm. That's his first point. Number two, God is the one who brought them together. Mm-hmm. That, that's the second point. And, and, and third, it's like, that's why a, a man and a woman will leave their father and mother. Like, we will disobey one of the Ten Commandments on here. We will stop honoring mom and dad under their house. We'll like, mom, dad, I'm out of here. We're gone. Because this person I married means that much to me. Mm-hmm. You just, you just p- picture Jesus Pulling out the soapbox, standing mm-hmm. on top of it. You want to talk divorce? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to preach you a sermon on marriage right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so let, let's help our listeners out with that. Let, let's form the circle of discipleship around that. Divorce, there are, there's a time and a place and a way to talk about divorce. Mm-hmm. But now without exhausting the passion for, for marriage. Mm-hmm. Maybe just talk us through a couple times where like, your marriage got about as thin as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And somehow you leaned back into Jesus, got closer to him, and therefore chose to get closer to each other. Yeah. 
I think we kind of touched on this last time. Um, I would say the last couple of years have been the hardest for us. We've we've been married, what is it, 13 years? 13 years? She's looking at I the wrong person. Yeah. 13, yeah, 13 years. Yep. 2010, 2020. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 12, no, <laughs> it's not quite 13. Oh, yet. 12, and a, yes. 12 and a half. Okay. All right. And I feel like the last couple of years have been the hardest. Um, and uh, yeah, and we really did just pour ourselves back into, into Jesus. But I think that the, the shift that we made was pouring ourselves back into Jesus together. Um, which we would, I I would say we didn't start our marriage that way. No. Realistically, like we had our own relationship with Jesus. We were not, um, discipling each other in that way. Um, and I would say that that is, is really where, what pulled us out of it in the last couple of years Mm -hmm. has been that, that union with Jesus at the center of it. I would say when I think back, in our marriage and times that have been, you know, thinner or struggles, it is a balance of both of that, right? Like mm-hmm. first really pausing to say, where's my heart in all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, I love how Jesus says like, well, have you done everything in your marriage? Like, have you done everything in your power to live out the marriage that I have for you? You know, you think about God talks about blessing and abundant life and mm-hmm. like, this should be a joyful thing. What am I doing to create that kind of an environment? Like that always helps me like going to Jesus and saying, what am I doing to create that kind of environment for our marriage? And then from there, if I feel like I've, you know, that I've fixed that in me, then also bringing Brian, bringing you into that of like, Hey, I think we need to work on this together with God. Um, but sometimes my my heart's not there yet, mm-hmm. like to bring him into it. So mm-hmm. I kind of got to work on on my my own um, heart first. But there's been times where you've brought me into it, and that like kind of jump started my heart being mm-hmm. in the right spot, you know. So I think there's different paths to get there. And I, I, I think the picture I have of it is. You know, you and I have joked about the the seven year itch we had in marriage, oh. which which is I mean it sounds awful, right? I promise you. I've heard it's very common. Yeah, <laughs> Cammy's was you just plowed right through it. Yeah, right, well, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So there there was no one else. Neither of us wanted to go find anyone else. Yeah. But we were just so helplessly flatlined, plateaued, or even declining. That mm. like, this is terrible. Like, this is just not fun. This is not life-giving. <clears throat> At best, you're a co-parent, mm-hmm. and there's just no spark whatsoever. Mm-hmm. How old were your kids at that time? Mm-hmm. Going to make you think on this one. I think five, three, and one. Four. Four. Yeah, like four, the three kids one under. And four, one and a half. <laughs> yeah. And not Jeez. Yeah. The little bitty. Yeah. That's, that's hard. That's, yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. cute perspective, too. Yeah. Like, you were just. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything deprived and, and yeah, yeah. sleep deprived, yeah. date deprived, all the things. Attention deprived. Don't have a lot of money because you're newlywed. Still, yeah, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of stressors. But I remember what God did in that season is like it, it. It was the real conversation in the head of like, what's better going forward? Mm-hmm. Starting over again with someone else because I I know how to do the first seven years. There's something. A li- 
this is new. This is exciting. There's something to learn. It's romantic because of that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the terrible thought in your head is like, I just reset this thing again. I, I know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Or the, I don't know what's past this nasty plateau. Is it a steep cliff where we all fall to our death? <laughs> oh, or <laughs> is there a pretty sunset waiting? <laughs> and just with raw, raw honesty, I, I felt like God got to my heart to the point of like, this is worth fighting for. This is mm -hmm. worth figuring out. Let's, mm -hmm. let's go see. I caught my spark to fight for the marriage after honestly acknowledging that low, low, low spot. Mm. And I'll tell you, it's, it's the hugest difference when someone comes into my pastoral office, mm -hmm. so to speak, to talk about divorce. My, our office is a shared workspace, so we don't, we go to the <laughs> Not side. Not really in our yeah. office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, a, a lot of times it's the guy talking out with me. Here's, she wants to leave me. She's done with me. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what, what can you do? Where are you taking the fight next? And you can tell right away if it's going to work, if if the guy's got any fight left in him. Mm. Of can I try to win her heart back? Do I got one more idea left? Mm. Or am I just a whip dog here and I got nothing? Mm. And the biggest difference is, has that person been able to dig into Jesus yet? Because mm -hmm. I think, honestly, these men are giving real assessments. Of, she is done with your, your sorry self. And mm -hmm. she's got nothing left for you. But if you were to dig back into Jesus and with, with his hope, come back with something to fight for, then it might work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in your own strength, a lot of us find trouble to find that fight to get out of those low, low spots. I know for me, the, the story in the Bible of Jacob where he's wrestling with God mm -hmm. um, and, or, you know, like an angel God or whatever the story is about, but he... God's like, okay, you can stop wrestling. Like, you can stop fighting with me. Like, you can move on. And he says, no, like, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Mm. And that imagery always sticks with me with marriage of like, God, you created marriage to be a blessing. You made mm -hmm. two to become one. Like, if I believe the creation story and your promise, then that has to flow through true for eternity, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not going to let go of this fight until you show back up mm -hmm. in our marriage and, mm -hmm. and not just like an okay way, but in an awesome way. And mm -hmm. so I'll keep praying. I'll keep, you know, bringing home a fun dinner or whatever it means to show care for him. Um, sometimes it's nice to pull on a scripture, a story that feels like it's not my own emotion. Like mm -hmm. there's no yeah, that's good. Yeah, you're attaching your story to God's story mm -hmm. in that moment. It's good. There's a, there a couple of things I want to just clear up because, yeah, the, the Bible is messy on this. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I think there's some just handful of things I want to say about it. Should divorce happen? Mm. No. Might it happen? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is adultery the one clear biblical reason back then? And still a really good reason right now for a divorce. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing else breaks the bond of marriage like that. Um, a marital party is welcome to forgive the other. But mm -hmm. if there's like one clear defining, yeah, that's, that's bad. And it puts the option on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, adultery is it, both biblically and, and today. Are, are there reasons to get divorced um, uh, listed in the Bible besides that? Not, not really. Mm. Paul gives one, but then he prefaces <laughs> yeah. with, 
<laughs> I'm the one talking, not, not God here. Uh-huh. Um, are, are there other reasons not in the Bible that would still be good reasons for divorce? Mm-hmm. I can confidently say yes. Mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. touched on the abuse, the, the, the safety, compromising the spouse, the, the kids. I, I would confidently say, like, mm-hmm. oh, let me do a little poll here. The Bible doesn't say it. <laughs> Brian confidently thinks he's speaking on God's behalf of if you are being abused like mm-hmm. verbally, emotionally, physically, sexually, mm-hmm. get out of that relationship, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else besides abuse and adultery that, that are still good reasons for d- divorce? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that they are out there, um, but, but you got to have the mindset um, that it's not about finding the reasons for divorce that and finding that list uh the, the list doesn't exist mm-hmm. god doesn't want it to exist even though there are other reasons that could be out there instead just go back to how how, how jesus phrased it mm-hmm. exhaust the possibility of a marriage mm-hmm. that passion that belief that god brought two together as one mm-hmm. that, that that you are one not two that this is even bigger than your parentage that you came from it's this new family that you've made together um, and and also that those closing lines in Mark ten about uh, about remarriage at first glance that <laughs> makes it look like no one can get remarried. I mm-hmm. I really don't think that was the case. Yep. Moses allowed for remarriage. Paul allowed for remarriage. And so in this context, I I think that Jesus is just continuing his frustration that somewhere in that camp of anything mm. of the anything indecent um, could result in a divorce certificate i think he was just frustrated for willy-nilly of i want to end this one to start something better if, if that was your attitude oh, for getting yeah. out of your first divorce jesus is like don't you dare get remarried mm-hmm. you, you don't go for the greener grass that's not what a marriage mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is all about and uh i mean so as best as i can sum up that's that is what the scriptures do tell us mm-hmm. with, with all the fuzziness and frustration mm-hmm.